0: Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael.
1: Welcome to a special Lost Without Japan podcast first, which for you, the listener means more content than we normally have uh, with our standard bi-weekly schedule. Our bi-weekly podcast is mainly focused on you know getting you to Japan for that first time or making that next adventure to Japan be even better than your last. Uh, these episodes, uh, they're gonna fall when scheduling allows, uh, but tentatively maybe a bi-monthly uh, schedule. You know, as we figure things out, I really hope you don't mind putting up with me, putting up with the show, because I don't know about our layout. Uh, It's changing. And if you listen to me from three years ago, and you listen to me now, um, there's been some changes, there's been some differences, and I've met a lot of great people along the way. And it's those people that I've met along this way that uh, has made me want to reach back out and do some sort of format where I can keep on touching base with people. And I'd like to thank you all for giving me a bit of your time today. And it's not just me this time. Uh, If I know, uh, have someone else that's coming and I know you're going to be like, Mike, what's happened? There's weekly episodes coming out. You're talked with Laura. Uh, She came out and, you know, that was an extra episode. You have this one that's coming out. Uh, We'll get into this in a little bit later, but I'm of that frame of mind, man. Like if you got negative things that are going on in your life or you're struggling a bit, one easy thing you can do is put out extra positivity into the world and I gotta tell you the people I've met on this show that I've talked to and grown to call you know like a friend they do that and I don't know about you all uh, but those people that you can count on in life uh, to be there or uh, you know when things get busy provide a chance to be like hey man every two months you and me we're getting together uh you know touch base share with you all that's going on and I'm gonna be selfish in this this is mainly about me. Uh, you know, this is me. Uh, this is about me and wanting to hang out uh, with this gentleman that you're going to recognize as soon as you hear his voice. If you've listened to any of our episodes, especially within this last year. So, uh, Maurice, uh, welcome, my friend. How
2: have you been? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank all of your listeners for not immediately bailing the second they <laughs> heard my voice. <laughs> I hope all of you are doing well. Um, I'm doing well. Um, if I give like a, a very short brief, uh, I guess, encapsulation of my Kickstarter journey, that went out without a hitch. Uh, everything went out extremely well from sending out the, the digital books first, and then all the, the additional physical books went out from every corner of the planet. We're talking uh, Spain, Japan, Germany, the U.S., of course uh, all over the place. And, um, I can't be more proud. I can't be more proud uh, of what happened. I'm so happy that I was given an opportunity to kind of showcase that, that, that body of work to people and I'm glad to connect with people. And I I just wanted to say that I wanted to thank all of you for making it a success. Uh, I don't think uh, it would have gotten across the line without you lending your platform to me. Um, And I am in your debt. So whenever the time comes, you need me to go out and swing for you. I'm definitely going to do that, man.
1: Love it, buddy. I love it. It was awesome to see. And it's just, you know, being able to to be a part of that just has me looking forward to whatever ends up being next for you. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's great. Like lately for me, um, you know, my, my kids and I, you know, we've been, uh, back into, like, whatever, it was 2017, maybe 2018. I forget when it was, but Pokemon Go, uh, when that was big. uh, You know, we've been back in with that, like, uh, with a vengeance. uh, With my sister, my son, my daughter. In fact, today's the Super Bowl. And what were we doing before the Super Bowl? But we were out, like, for an event uh, at the mall, you know, walking around. uh, And then we went to a park, walked that. You know, just, like, did all this different stuff.
2: And, you know,
1: it's it's been great. I said that part has been awesome. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, like, Call of Duty with my sister. Uh, it's been nice. Like, she's, you know, her and her wife, they're going to be moving to the Philippines at some point. Could be within, like, the next five years. Could be a little bit longer than that. But having that platform where we can still connect, you know, and still spend some time together, even if it's, you know, halfway around the world, figuring out a time uh, for us to hop on and do that. You know, it's been huge. And uh, we were talking a little bit before the trip, like, um, I'm going to do everything I can to make my trip this summer happen. Um, You know, I'm not giving up on that, uh, even if things are trying to make that a little more challenging than I'd like it to be uh, or a lot more challenging than I'd like it to be. Um, But I'm going to get it figured out uh, if it's not this summer, uh, you know, this fall, like sometime this year. uh, You know, I'm going to step back, uh, you know, on, on there, even if it's going to Hiroshima. And, you know, popping back home, you know, so like a lot of that's been going on and I've been doing uh, a lot of like upcoming interviews for the show. Uh, I just recorded one yesterday with another Kickstarter, uh, an author that I met uh, at Cod, uh, uh, not CodCon, that was back uh, it's back when I used to play d uh, Gen Con. Uh slightly bigger. Uh, we met, and she introduced me to uh, Susan Spann, who is an author, um, and I had on the show. So it was her time uh, to be on. And when you're listening to this, that episode came out like two weeks, two weeks uh, prior. So you already know what I'm talking about. Uh, that man, I've been buying like a couple extra lotto tickets. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, you know, I've been buying those megas, uh, those Powerballs. I don't need much. Uh, I'm not gonna be, you know, greedy. Uh, but uh, enough to get me like, you know, maybe my condo paid off and like a trip. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, the other part is like wanting to start the show segment so that like you and I get a chance to hang out every other month and then I can use this to catch up some other people, uh, back from the beginning that I just, we message, we email, you know what I mean? But like, it'd be nice just to have like a quick, you know, in and out together. Um, you know, it's all good, man. How, How about you?
2: Uh, so you, your goals are so much more ambitious than mine. Um, I've been sitting in the house playing video games. Uh, recently, uh, I purchased uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, and we're back with our trusty hero, Ichiban Kasuga. And uh, that was one of my the original, well, I'm not going to say original Like a Dragon, but essentially Yakuza 7, which became Like a Dragon, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite games of all time I think I put in around a hundred hours of that game and I just fell in love with it and now the sequel's out now and, and this time it's taken the group of people to uh, Hawaii which is completely new for the series uh, it's a massive game I'm at hour 65 now just absolutely loving it just I I couldn't be happier with a sequel for a video game. I know it's very domestic of me to talk about how much I love this video game. Um, but no, it's it's quite good. And and um, something that you mentioned before we started recording is that you, know, you tell people that they're doing well. Give people those compliments, things like that. There is a big chunk of that. If you get around to playing this game, the appreciation of those in your life there is a segment in this game where it's like you got to hold back the tears every time you play it you i'm not going to tell you anything more yeah but if if there is any kind of endorsement to play that game you know as you and I are getting you know your early 40s i'm going to be 40 soon i think that we take stock or we 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 take a different perspective on our life where we see what our life is and where it could be and 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 what it's going to be for like in our fifties and our sixties and things like that. You look at it through a different lens and there is a very mature, reflective, introspective kind of lens on this game that I think that you will appreciate. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else, but it's, it's one of the most mature as far as maturing, aging people games I've ever played. Um, there's a lot to take in, and they knocked it out the park. Um, and that's all I can really say about that. Um, but, yes, please go, anyone who's listening to this, please at least take a chance on the demo for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. You will not be disappointed. It's a fantastic quality game made by Sega. Um, really, really great. And then also, um, now that, you know, Ganbate is done and, and shipped out and finished. I've gotten this bug to create something new because uh, I'm a creative person at heart. Um, I just can't not be creating something. I start to feel like I'm incomplete or antsy or there's pressure building within me. Um, the last time I was in Japan, which was in December, yes, December, the first two weeks of December, um, I met up with a, a model who was really talented. Um, Her name is Haruka, very, very talented, very unique look. And we were discussing the idea of creating, or at least doing a small project or her being a subject around a more narrative, fictional narrative style book. Um, And we took some demo photos and and they were all fantastic. And I was extremely happy with them. But the structure of this book, because she would be kind of the sole focus or one of the main focuses It was like, this can't be like Ganbate where I meet up with someone for a couple of hours, right? Yeah. Uh, Or just once or twice here or there, or this, she would be such a major proponent of it. We're talking, I would have to meet up with her. She and I would have to collaborate for four or five, six days. Yes. And so producing that from America and scheduling with her, and then also doing like scouting for locations and... If I need to hire a makeup artist or a wardrobe or any of that other stuff has made this project, even though it's one person, it's made it so much more like a film production. And I've done film production before, and I hate producing, but it's it's not bad. Uh, we all know about the checking off the boxes to make sure that you have permission to be there. You have permission to shoot photos there or videos there. You have the proper crew, the proper props, things like that, or how you're going to handle food, transportation. Pay or are you going to like taxes, permits, all that stuff? Um, so that's that's on the table now, but it's all very exciting. Um, and I'm hoping that she and I can schedule that because of course she has her own job. Yes, uh, she she I believe that she's a fitness instructor instructor, out in Yokohama, I believe. So I think she has her own practice that she runs. So it's going to be the 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 biggest uh, hurdle is probably going to be scheduling but I think we can make it work.
1: I, You know, man, I, I, I'd I, be excited to see anything. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm already down. I'll be camping out in front of Kickstarter already or just whatever platform you go through. <laughs> like back with the Star Wars movies with our tents and things like that. Just waiting for that
0: movie to come out, man.
1: Hey Maurice, I, I know uh, you just gave a bunch of thanks uh, to everyone that helped support your Kickstarter and your photo book but one thing that you shared with me i think is something worth talking about for sure my friend because this is pretty like, huge recognition I, if i was written up anywhere for my podcast and the name of the podcast was japan you know podcast Dot com like you know and, and they're like putting me up there like man he's doing great work he's amazing look of all that he did like i'd be on cloud nine so i i gotta figure i'm gonna include this uh link to the article for anyone that wants to read this but maurice uh what would you like to say about this
2: <laughs> uh well thank you uh again I, I i keep saying thank you to everybody but uh it it was it made my day. Um, I got the the notification in the middle of the the afternoon. Got the email. Saying, hey, look, we've written a review about your book and it's up. Please check it out. You know, and uh, I read it and I was over the moon. You know, it, it's it's interesting because at photobookjournal.com, uh, it's it's run by professional photographers. It's run by photography uh, professors, uh, people that have been published several times, people that write about photography, people that that live this. And so it's it, getting praise from people who bought my book or my friends or my family, and they're like, I really connect with this. Um, that feels great, but there is a completely different feeling when basically stewards of the craft are also saying, hey, look, this is pretty good. So it, really, it, it, my feelings were completed by that other kind of like validation where it's just like, this is insane how, how uplifting and positive and introspective and uh, almost like thought-provoking the, the review was. It was really something else. And um, I've never met Rudy Vega. Um, I know I spoke to the, the leader or the, or the owner of photobookjournal.com. And his name is Jerry, and he's a great gentleman. But he, when I, when we were speaking initially, he was like, "Hey, the concept of your book, we have just the right person." Uh, he's been to Japan several times. He's photographed to Japan several times. Um, he's the guy to really kind of look at your book, kind of formula formulate an opinion or a review. Uh, he's the guy to write up about it, and. I was kind of nervous because I did go to his site and I forget Rudy Vega's website link. Maybe we can include that as well because he's an amazing photographer. And when I looked him up and I'm like, this guy's gonna review my book. He's so good. He's, he's excellent. He's a fantastic photographer. And I'm like, he's gonna just rip me a new one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I really thought that he was just gonna be like, who is this guy trying to, to photograph Japan? But it was the complete opposite. And he really connected with my kind of emotional, in, individual kind of perspective uh, encounter, kind of like remembrance photo book. He picked up on it immediately. and um, he, he gave me a write-up that I could show my mom. <laughs> like so, yeah, man. Uh, I, I really have to just commend him and, and thank him uh, for lending his, his, his words and his expertise, his eye to look over my book. Um, I I might even print out this review because it's it made me it made my day it it really really did. Um, and then after I got it back and I read it through, the in, in I emailed him, which would be the first time he and I ever spoke. I didn't want to reach out to him while he was doing it because I didn't want to taint it. I I I didn't want to meddle or get in the way because good or bad, his review was going to be his review, and I wanted to get his honest feedback because the feedback, you know, if constructive is a a path forward, like, Hey, look, you did this that's kind of weak or didn't come across or do more of that. Uh, That's where your strong suits are, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to hear those things. Um, I didn't want to get in the way by meddling with him and bothering him. So after the review came out, I reached out to him and I was just like, thank you so much. And we chatted a little bit about A.G. Ohashi was a a Japanese photographer because I said hey look some of your memory some of your work reminds me of Eiji Ohashi in particular Roadside Lights which is a book that's really great and he responded back and he goes he goes Roadside Lights is one of my favorites like he's like I want to see those prints in person one day so immediately from the get-go our within our first conversation I recognized that me and this guy were like on the same wavelength and it's really, really cool. Like I said, I'm over the moon with the the response and the connection with the friends and family and people in the Kickstarter. And I'm absolutely over the moon with the reception it's gotten from professional photographers. Uh, I couldn't be happier. I I really, really couldn't be happier. Um, it's it's pretty dang cool. <laughs> now you
1: look at that. Uh, you know I getting a tattoo of a QR code, you know, I'd get one, you know, sh- straight link to this article, buddy, if this was me, you know what I mean? Like not the Rick roll, you know, things that you might see for stuff that's here, but shoot. Yeah. Like anybody goes, Hey, do you have anything to back up what you're doing? You're going to be like, yeah, just one second, slide up your sleeve and show <laughs> them this code. Yeah, man. Just, you know, but it, I, I also like the fact that in this, when I was reading it, it's not just me. Because one of the things that they said was, you know, you're encountering a culture through the fresh eyes of an outsider and having that like personal interaction, that emotional connection that someone makes through their travels. And like basically, it's becoming your own. And that's a hundred percent how I felt uh, looking through your book and i've said it before and i'll say it again but after flipping through that i 100 percent felt as if i could walk up to any of these people and they, they'd be my friend you know from like our interactions and our things we had but for, for you my man like this is huge this is awesome and i gotta say it's only the first of others to come and i'm you know pretty awesome my friend pretty awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much for the kind words. I love it, man. I'm too happy right now.
1: You haven't bought the lotto ticket, my friend. Uh, Now's the time. Buy me uh, you know, plane ticket if you end up winning. You know, that's all I ask. You know, not the big, buddy. First class. First class. That's it. That's all. No, no. We'll get some of those good light like, classes. It's all good. I'll hold the lights for you, buddy. I'll hold those lights. Light screens. Whatever you want me to do. I can go, go, go take those, take your film to be developed. Don't forget about me.
2: No. Uh, uh, it's, it's really cool. This is encouraging, right? I would like to step back away from me personally and my project and include any and all creatives. Like, really, you can build this thing, whatever it is. You really can take this seed of an idea and if you water it enough and plant it and surround it in the right soil. And by soil, I mean the right people, uh, making it uh, people aware of it, present, out there. If you cast a wide enough net and if you're grateful and responsive and open, I really think that whatever you want to do will start to come together and grow. And, you know, this this book, who would have thought from, you know, some of the very first photos that this is going to be something that was getting me like talked about or talking with you, you know, or are you letting your ear and your audience and, and bringing awareness to it? it it's beyond my wildest dreams. It it feels great. And, um, you know, having people ask me, like, Hey, where can I buy this thing? Like, where, where is it for sale? And that's wild. Cause, Cause I'm not even thinking about that. It was never like a, Oh, this is to make money. It was never about that. It was always like, here's this thing. I think people would appreciate it. Um, If you give me money on the front end, you'll have a book on the back end. Right please coalesce around me and let's, let's do this. And people did, they, they did. And, um, it was a success on every front. Absolutely. 100% a success from A to Z. And I am so completely grateful for that.
1: One of the things, uh, I was th- you know thinking about was whatever the segments, segment is going to be called. I want it to be called something. Um, I don't really have a name for it yet. Uh, Good times was one possibility after my favorite bar that closed in Hiroshima. Uh, Messiah, who's the gentleman that used to run that, he's going to be opening up a new bar. Um, I don't quite have uh location and name of that yet. Uh, but if you go to click on uh, Hiroshima, Google map links, you'll see good times, uh, the name, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else to click on there. So, uh, you know, is what it is. I got photos and audio that I took from that uh mm-hmm. you know something along the lines of like hey if it was called good times we could begin the segment off with like pull up a stool and your favorite adult beverage and join us you know at good times bar in hiroshima as a possible opening cuz the place doesn't exist anymore um i also thought about since when you and i recorded we got to be able to meet in tokyo calling things uh rats in the park uh you know, just you know, from that time when we saw rats walking, you know, like just going by, just chilling as we're just like talking back and forth. Uh, Wings in Tokyo, um, Film Washi, uh, which is a discontinued like French film brand or something like that. I don't Ooh. know. I just is like uh, trying to come up with like a, a name to call this besides
2: um, working title. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, good times is a pretty good. Is a pretty good title. I, I feel like there's an emotional context uh, context there. Um, it's a fitting name for the actual discussions. Um I think it's pretty solid. Of course, do what do what you're gonna do, but uh, rats in the park is a no. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't do we can't do rats in the park. Um, so of of course the final decision is up to you. But my vote goes to Good Times. I think it's very fitting. I, I think it's a great name.
1: Like, I definitely, man. That, you know, like, that's the one kind of like, you know, have that connection to. But if you're listening and have like your own connection or own thoughts or whatever it is that you'd like to share uh, with this, because again, we'll have like a couple month break in between then, uh, reach out, uh, message me on Instagram, you know, send me an email. At japan at gmail.com, you know, put in your own thought, your own suggestions, and we'll take it from there. Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about was just uh recent Japan findings. Like, since we've talked back, if there's anything that you've kind of stumbled across, be it in like Discord groups, the internet, uh, news, like, is there anything that you've had like pop up with you that uh,
2: you want to share? Oh, so a couple things, um. The first one, and this is kind of just small potatoes, but uh, uh, in Japan, the Japanese citizens haven't exactly been super excited about the massive return of tourists. Um, obviously, there's been lots of conversations about over tourism and tourists placing, in, in and especially in Kyoto, especially a strain on the infrastructure when it comes to uh, public transit, the buses things like that. Um, And that was, that's been interesting to me because a lot of the numbers, while they have returned to around 90 to 95% pre-pandemic tourist numbers, they haven't exceeded that. Right. So what that says to me is that to a certain degree, a lot of the citizens were enjoying the fact that tourists were gone. Um, That, that lull they became accustomed to, right? Um, and now that tourists are back and forth, those old wounds, you know, the the old stressors have returned and then some. But again, they have not surpassed old numbers; still fewer. And people are kind of feeling it, um, and that's interesting to me. That being said, though, uh, I think a lot of people uh, were traveling. Now, because they call it revenge tourism, right, where people are just traveling for no no matter what, they don't care about the price they're paying, they're going to go, because for potentially years, they couldn't go anywhere, right? Um, now, people are just out in force, um, but I think that also may bring a lot of bad actors, people who were particularly interested in Japan or how to behave in Japan before, now you just have anybody, um, and that probably has its downsides too, but At the end of the day, Kyoto is a city that I believe without tourism is running in the red. Yes. They need it to survive from what I understand. And so that's a very fine and delicate kind of relationship that you have to kind of balance where a lot of these older citizens who are probably property owners, who are politically involved, who vote, who make their voices known are like, these people are getting on our nerves. But then you have the city officials who are like, we get that. We need their money. Yes. All of this, a big chunk of this will come to a halt if they don't bring their money. Um, So that's always been kind of interesting to me. But at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff would be solved. And that's why I like your day trip so much. Um, A lot of these problems of over-tourism would be solved if people went somewhere other than Tokyo. Kyoto, or Osaka. The fact that the vast majority of tourists in Japan don't go anywhere else is the source of this problem. Um, I know that we all see the content created about Tokyo. Tokyo. That's great. You don't have to make your entire trip to Tokyo. You don't have to. Um, But, you know, as far as content goes, and I'll say this about the content creators, a lot of this, a lot of the comfort that people feel about going to a particular place across the planet is because someone has made a roadmap for them. Right. To not goof up, to not feel like they're completely out in the wilderness. Right. Um, a lot of content creators, because those other places are low engagement locations, they, they say it's not worth it for me to make this content about the Inaka. Right. Yep. And that's unfortunate. Those places aren't any less worthy or aren't any less interesting. It's just, they're not going to get you the YouTube clicks that you want. So they just don't make it, which is unfortunate. But anytime someone is upset about over tourism or the Shinkansen being crowded or the Tokyo trains are being crowded, that could all be fixed. If if more international uh, tourists would go elsewhere, it would be solved overnight. Um, it, it really, really would. Um, and that's, that's you know, it is what it is. So the next time you go to Japan, maybe thinking about listening to one of Mike's road trip or day trip episodes, maybe taking a detour, you know, going somewhere that you wouldn't normally go to explore because also a lot of those places, their economies are struggling too. They need that money. Yep. So think about that as well. Uh, and all everything outside of Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka is is uh, sizably or, or or very noticeably cheaper. Yes, your accommodations, your food, your transit, everything is much cheaper. So if you're willing to go somewhere outside of those cities, you could have a larger trip, a longer trip, uh, a trip with more uh, sightseeing places if it costs money, um, more days, whatever. Uh, just food for thought. Um, because if you, if you're someone who's been to Kyoto and I avoid Kyoto because I don't want to stand in a, a crowd of 8,000 other people for four hours, I just don't want that. Um, and I don't know, I don't know very many people who do, um, I don't even want to see Kyoto, but do you want to see it that bad? And I think for some people, maybe the answer is, is no. Uh, so maybe think about some of those other places.
1: I, I, one of the things I found like recently, uh, is wool socks, buddy. Uh, hiking oh. extra cushion wool socks, uh, are, are lovely, buddy. Lovely. Uh, got them when I went up to go visit my, uh, dad. There was some hiking that was out by him. And what I have for Illinois, which is mainly flat, was drastically not enough, uh, for doing what was out there. And I love the fact that these socks are made, uh, to be worn like 12 times before you wash them. Uh you know hand wash. But just imagine like how much cut down in just removing extra socks from your bag. It's little stuff, but that stuff adds up. So like mm-hmm. I could bring two pairs of socks for 24 days. You know what I mean? Like something like that and even if I'm not there for 24 days, uh throw in a couple other, you know, my normal uh you know bamboo fiber socks that I have, but like Anything you can do to save weight and cut down on, and then they're comfortable, Maurice, man. Let me tell you, it is like an extra layer of cushion. And when you're on your feet for as long as you are, like running from place to place or subway to subway or train to train, like anything you can do to add quality of life on your trips, it's huge. And uh, REI was the place that I found these at. They have like a $30 membership, and it was like you got a $30 credit back. And so I just used that to put it towards like a couple of these socks and I just threw them in my travel door and I'm just excited to be able to use them. Uh, the, the other was uh, I found an RV rental that was actually, it's going to be um, talked about in one of the, the episodes here, like probably before this, but for those of you that have missed it or haven't listened to it yet, but there's a car rental place like Heisei Car Rental and they rent RVs to people <laughs> that speak English. Or other languages. And it's like, where are you going to find this? And the rates, Maurice, are great, bud. Like, I was doing the day, day trip research for Shikoku and uh, the Kagawa Prefecture, that area that's, uh, you know, its own island, smallest prefecture and stuff like that. And a lot of these small islands that are off this area, they don't have a lot of lodging. There's there's not a lot of stuff that's there, but one of the islands that I that I started doing this research for, bud, you can for two or four dollars, maybe not even dollars, like two hundred to four hundred yen a a night, you can get a camp spot that is on a beach. Like just you could be in Japan on a beach for four hundred yen. Like, where in the world do you get a beach and a view and a spot for, like, less than $4. Like, And this, the the RV rental, they rent you the I-Pass is the best way I can describe it for those, you know, that live in the U.S. States. Like, when you're on the toll road, you have that little pass that goes through, it scans, you know, you pay, it comes off your credit card. Same thing for Japan. They provide it for you. And they they set up your uh, navigation in, in English. And like you go through, do all these tolls. And when you drop it back off, you just pay the balance of what's there. So it's one less interaction. It's one less something that's there. And they provide for a very reasonable amount of money insurance. So like if you get into an accident, it's zero copay. Like you blow a tire, you need a tow, you have the unfortunate thing that you go off road with the vehicle and need, you, you know what I mean? Like all this different stuff that could happen like for for not much. And it's one of those things where I was like, man, like this is suddenly, it, it, I want to say it was like around uh, $120, like 125 bucks a day. That's a hotel, man, mm-hmm. for a lot of places. And I'm not going to be on the beach. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be sitting there with this stuff. So like it's, like, ah, oh, I, I just, uh, so excited about that. And I, like, the only other thing is, like, both of my places, my favorite bars in Hiroshima, uh, either closed or are under like new ownership. So, like, both my friends, uh, Messiah and, Ru- and, and Locke, they were both like going to different places. So, when I go next time, you know, it's going to be different, but still same people. Um, you know, so just, those are kind of like my random, you know, Japan, you know, stuffs, I guess, that have stood out to me the most, like
2: since we talked last. So can I piggyback please, on that for please, a second? Please, buddy. That sounds awesome. Uh, You know, my little rant earlier about taking a different type of trip, you just took that and just like knocked it out the park. I, you know, whenever, because I watch a good amount of Japan content, I'm sure most people that listen to your podcast do as well. Um, I don't think I've ever seen much Japan beach content. It, I, I know it's out there. It has to be. How could it not be? But as far as Western made, English language, beach content, I, I just think it's a, a kind of an underserved niche. And here you are you're like, hey, look, these are all these resources available to you as a, a, a tourist. Yep insurance, the pass, all that stuff, this beachfront plot that you can rent for very little money, that is a lot of the pieces that would go into making a very unique, very different uh, Japan trip. And that's really, really awesome.
1: And it's like, if I wasn't like, you know, for doing the research to find this, it's like you start start, like finding, it's like, I found the, uh, there's also some lodging that was there that's like three or four rooms, right? And it's a German-speaking mm-hmm. gentleman that has a Japanese wife and he has some English and has like some other stuff to go with people. But you start finding things and you start logging these things, it's just like, yeah, getting out of Tokyo, getting out of these places. You can actually find people to interact with that can speak Korean, Chinese, whatever it is that you're coming across with, and really find something. Cause again, like, man, like if if anybody had this as like, I'm going to Japan, I'm gonna stay on a beach. You know, how much is this gonna cost me? It's it's gonna be more than four dollars a night. Uh, you know, I, I you know, or, or even if you tack all that stuff on, like hundred thirty bucks a night, if you know, with your RV rental and stuff like that, like you're just not gonna find it. So it, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait, man! Can't wait. And it's just like stuff that you keep on adding to that list of stuff to do.
2: It's just like I love it, man! I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, and then something else that I came up with. Speaking of people traveling around, yes. Japan apparently finally is going to allow a digital nomad visa, and that is a big deal for a lot of people who can rem- work remotely. Um, I know quite a few people. You mentioned that your sister might move into the Philippines. There's quite a few digital nomads who live in the Philippines, the Philippines, uh, Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, other parts of Asia, because the cost of living is so much more reasonable compared to other Western nations. So Japan is now joining this 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 long list of other nice, uh, company, countries that allow uh, digital nomads to live and work there. Um, and there's a few requirements that I think are kind of sketchy, but you know, Japan is gonna do the Japan thing. Like for instance, it's only for six months. Yep. And you have to be making $68,300 a year US, which, is, is interesting to me because uh, the average Japanese citizen makes like $40,000 a year. That's salary, man. Yeah. The average woman makes like 30000 27000 something like that. Even salary men, I believe a, 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 an associate of mine told me she says a lot of salary men at retirement age are making fifty, fifty one thousand dollars $51,000 a year. It's very blatant that. And it's very clear that they're targeting for people that make way more than the average Japanese citizen. Yes. Which is kind of odd to me, but you know, uh, I asked a buddy of mine who's in Japan a lot and he goes, well, they do that because they want to make sure that people don't come over here and they're struggling Yes. and they end up putting a strain on a lot of the social services. It's like, well, you should be able to more than secure if you want to try to get this because you're not a citizen. You're probably not paying taxes. the Those the social services should be for people that are paying taxes that are citizens. And I get that. 68000 especially when you're in Asia, you don't need that kind of money in Asia. Uh, you don't. You just don't. There are people who I know some digital nomads who are in the Philippines who probably make $30,000 a year, and they're living quite fine. Yes. Yes. Uh, but Japan is like, nah, you, you gotta make, you guys gotta be making a chunk. Um, Sixty eight thousand is more than the, the national average for Americans, yes, um, for individual income. So they really are asking for people on the higher end, and good for them. You know, I I thought about applying for it because I would qualify for it, but it's six months. Six months is a tourist visa is three months. And you can get a tourist visa renewed by just going to South Korea for the weekend. Yes. And then coming right back. And so some people are like, why would I jump through those hoops? Because, A, most likely it's going to be hard to get uh, housing rented to you anyway, because most of them in Japan, if you're talking about Tokyo in particular, they don't want to rent to foreigners very much. Uh, A lot of the, the leases start at two years minimum, which you're your visa would not apply or apply to. And then from what I understand, if if I'm correct, the Nomad visa can't run concurrently. You have to leave for a year to renew it again. Wow. Right. So it's just like, that's cool, but why would you do that? So I don't know what the answer to this, but they're making strides. I think that's the most important thing to recognize is that Japan is a, a, a country that embraces change, but it embraces change very slowly. So, if this first batch of people that get this this visa in April are good stewards and they make it look great, hopefully they'll either lower the bar or extend the time to make it something a little more worthwhile and a little more accessible.
1: Yeah, because there'd be you know, there's so many questions you don't know until it actually happens like you know goes in place because it'd be one of those things like i i looked at this and i haven't dug deeply into it but it's one of those things like when i retire being able to do something like this for six months after i retire waiting to find a job that i could like you know get into gives me that time of like okay my retirement plus me earning some money there Okay, you know, like I could hit that, you know, that that point there and be able to be there and then use that to find something, you know, else long term to help settle settle down. Um, as opposed mm-hmm. to that like you said, like that tourist visa where it's three months, pop to Korea, you know, come back, hope everything happens. Uh, you know what I mean? Like cause you hear stories of people that do that, hop over and you know, hop back and they're like, no. Y- you know what I mean? Like, uh so uh, but it'd be, it'd be one of those things. Like, could I go digital nomad and then go tourist? Like, you know, what can I, you know, like, what can I do to, you know, try to try to go this out? But you know, they they do in some regards seem to be a bit behind, and I think maybe that ten or twelve years would be that sweet spot for me uh-huh. to, you know, finally get there, and I'll just carry my podcast right on over, buddy. And you know, it's like <laughs> you know, re- record in person. I wouldn't mind that at all.
2: No, no, that sounds great, man.
1: I when, it, when we were in Tokyo last. Um, that one Starbucks, uh, that my son and I went to, uh, that's in Shibuya that overlooks the scramble crossing, uh, you know, shut down after we we got there. And both my son and and I are like, man, you know, kind of cool that we went there. We were able to catch us before it closes. And then I saw it's actually, um, could be, uh, you know, potentially, uh, reopening in the same spot. Or in like a similar location, uh, you know, to that as well. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I it, it was, I, I could see them totally doing something different because I, I. did you ever go to that location, Maurice? Like the two? I did. I went once.
2: It was very cool.
1: It's super cool. Loved the view, but it was super small. You know what I mean? Like you to try mm-hmm. to find a after you go through that line to get your stuff to try to find a spot, mm-hmm. and you'd have so many people um that were just. You know, in that spot. So I I know turnover couldn't be much, but maybe having that chance again because it was just so much fun to just like you know sit there see everything that's there and have that experience, which is something I'm like I would totally do again. And then um, kind of on that like tourist portion of stuff is that like I I know like one of the things they're going to try is like entrance fees, you know, to different places potentially, or and it's and one thing I, I keep on wanting to like say, is it's not just targeted at us, you know, people from Mm. outside of Japan, like what a lot of these taxes or these fees are for tourists. And that means Mm -hmm. people that don't live in that area. So like, if you don't Mm -hmm. actually live within, you know, Kyoto or live Mm -hmm. within, you know, um, Yamanashi prefecture and you're coming from Osaka you're coming from wherever you're going to be paying this you know what I mean so it's not right. just us uh, but one of the things was uh, to to try to prevent crowding uh, bullet climbing yep. and all that different things for Fuji is they're talking about trying to add a um, you know uh, fees and things you know to this uh, which would be about like $2,000 toll or $13.80 to hike the path uh, which begins from the uh, fifth station And, uh, kind of like, you know, other, like voluntarily, you know, you could add on, uh, conservation fees that you could, you could do as well. Um, but what they're going to do is try to have potentially, again, this is all up in the air and could change is that they'd have a gate constructed at the start of the trail and the gate would be shut from 4 PM to 3 AM. Um, with, you know, possibility of closures, like also like if, They hit a limit. Let's say the limit's three thousand people for the day, four thousand people for the day. Um, They're just not going to allow anybody else. So, Mm -hmm. like you know, try to prevent people climbing overnight. Try to prevent overcrowding. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's here, and and I'm open for anything, man. Like you know, anything that's going to be more money, because a lot of the stuff that I found was like, hey, uh, you're the cost that these areas for the most popular things, like exceeds whatever comes into them from people visiting. Mm -hmm. So they're constantly at a deficit. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, not against any of these things. And I, I think I'd take, like we were talking before, like of my plans for when I go next, it's like trying to hit all these different places that are here. Um, you know, that, that are different stuff to go to, but, um, I don't see it as a negative. And I, you know, if anything helps support this and, you know, if people say, hey, these people that are visiting have to pay, they're doing things, they're being held accountable, they're trying to limit the number of people, they're trying to limit overcrowding, like whatever that looks at, if that starts bringing some positive thoughts, you know, will towards everyone that's there, 100%, um, you know, up for it, my friend. And um you know, do you have anything else to add, like uh, article-wise, anything else that you found?
2: Uh, No, but I wanted to add on to your, your Fuji gate thing. That's, um, It's going to be a big one. Did you, did you see any of the footage when Forrest came back and they were climbing foodie, foodie, uh, Fuji? I, I
1: Only limited. I have not seen a lot, buddy.
2: Oh, man. It, it looked like not a lot of fun because there were so many people packed onto the mountain it was just like solid, just lines of just people. It didn't look like a hike. Okay. So to speak, it looked like a slog because there were so many people, you know, back to back to back to back to back to back, just slowly walking up slowly walking up. And, um, I know when I think of climbing a mountain or uh, hiking a mountain, that wasn't my image that I had in my head. Right. hundred percent. Um, So, if it can kind of preserve that, also trash was an issue. From what I understand, lots and lots of trash was on the mountain. And uh, I think that in this particular case, these fees and these limits, as far as number of hikers, I think both of those are actually pretty big positives, in my opinion. Um, I I don't see a downside to them. And I think that it might have been on one of your daytime episodes about. There being a small fee, a few hundred yen, maybe yep. five hundred yen for a ferry, right? Yep. yep. Uh, because it, it was running at a deficit, right? Um, the tax, the fee, whatever, is a good idea. Yes. Um, if it makes these things viable, so they can you know pay someone to drive the ferry or, or uh, man the ferry, maintenance, yep, all the safety checks, whatever. Those are things that we should all want to invested. In. Yeah. it's not greed. It's it's purely something for infrastructure. And those are things that I would definitely give my uh stamp of approval.
1: 100% my friend. 100% I 100% get behind that. Um I'll include uh in our th- uh show today our, our little talk like uh links for a lot of the articles, a lot of things we talked about. Um they'll be in the show notes. So you can, you know, kind of glance at them as well. Um Normally we we try to end. I'd like to try to keep this around thirty minutes, just something short um, on here. But we have a mystery bonus segment that I've not to- told Maurice about uh, before we get into our outro and go. Um, but I'm going to call this segment "Why Maurice is Wrong," and we're just going to keep that like as a title, and I can just add in you know why he's wrong, um, it, you know, as it comes up. It you know may not be every other month, but we'll find something. But today's "Why Maurice is Wrong" uh, is about T. Uh, Maurice says he's not much of a tea person that is wrong Um, I don't have any factual information about this or anything to support this with but I asked one you know uh, podcast host uh, you know maybe myself about it and you know we were in agreement you know that you know this is you know this is wrong that's it Maurice would you like to you know like do anything to defend yourself uh,
2: from this onslaught that you clearly didn't see coming (laughs) okay 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 me compose myself um so it's interesting because i was born in new york and you know sweet tea there is unsweetened just tea right then i moved down to the south and it's like just drenched in sugar it's like drowning in sugar right and then you go to japan and you have tea and i remember getting these 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 green tea bottles and I'm the first time I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, it, it 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 caught me by surprise that uh, people drink this this unsweetened green tea, and I'm coming around slightly. Uh, for fun, they enjoy this. It 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 tastes, for lack of a better term, earthy, right? Gra- <laughs> like, grassy, earthy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh so so I think it's called ocha in Japanese green tea. Um and there's also uh that I've never seen before in my life where I got it uh cuz I kept searching for sweetened tea. I, I kept searching for it and I got barley tea. <laughs> it's also it's also unsweetened and it tastes very earthy. Um it tastes exactly like barley. Okay. If it, if You can think of a tea that tastes like barley. Like I just went outside in someone's farmland, chopped it up, and then steeped it over some hot hot water. Uh, It tastes exactly like that. Um, If anyone can direct me to these good teas, these delicious teas that have less of an earthy, uh, uh, (laughs) dirt-like taste to them, I am willing to to reconsider. Um, All jokes aside. uh, I do like green tea in moderation, but it has to be very, very hot.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, people who drink chilled green tea and chilled barley tea, I I don't understand it. Maybe it's a my unsophisticated palate, but it's something that currently I'm okay with being wrong. you <laughs> 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 popping it up on me. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, I, I could
1: I could I couldn't, uh, after that happened, buddy, that was like, you know, I got to, I got to come back to this, um, you know, with our conversation. Uh, if you ever make your way to Aichi, uh, which is, there's really no reason to go to this, this, this town. It's a industrial town. I love it just because I went there with, uh, uh, Fulbright and we, we toured around. So I have like a location this, but this, they have this like village, this historical village. And in this village, they had like this tea, uh, ceremony type tea place you could go to uh, but probably the best tea that i've had in japan and it mm. was the very like earthy green tea but it came with like the perfect amount of sugar with it mm. and it, like they put it in and it was just like buddy it's like wow like it was it was hot it was everything that i wanted at that point in time and it's also uh, when I had like six of the skinniest chicken wings that I've ever had in my life, but after being in Japan for that point for like, you know, going on a month, they were like some of the best food I've ever had. Um, both of those things paired together, man, like, oh, uh, you know, I, I think I've also seen like salt tea was like a, a, another one, like when I was going through. So, you know, there's a variety of stuff, buddy. But, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll find something else to add. It could be why Mike's wrong, too, at some time, you know, for this segment. <laughs> um, I You know, I don't want to keep you any any longer. I know both of us aren't um, watching the Super Bowl. Uh, but, um, I, you know, you do have some games to play. And I will get the Yakuza game uh, as soon as it hits a sale price. My sister and I have been going hard on Call of Duty, you know, right now. And us just getting that time together. Um, I'm gonna take advantage of it while I can. And uh, no, no, you that's gotta it, do man. it. That's did, you it. Ever be,
2: did you ever finish the man who
1: erased his name? I did, and I loved it, man. I loved Ooh. it. I loved it. Loved okay. it. I okay. it, there's been so many times I watched that though, and I like same thing for somebody else that they have not played it. I'm just like, why, why, why are you doing it to this man? Like, why, why? What does he do? You know, like you know, it's just uh, he, he he deserves better. Deserves better, man. So. You no, know,
2: and, and and the fact that you played that you're going to transition into infinite wealth seamlessly. You, you're not going to miss a, a step. Um, and, uh, I actually want to go back and play the man who erased his name again. Um, and probably the original like a dragon again, because they're just a, a, just a wonderful kind of like little set of games that kind of really tie together so well. And there's such a huge amount of humanity in each one of them. Um, you know, I didn't have that emotional connection to Kid you until I played. You know, the man who erased his name. I was aware of him, and I've seen him. I like him, but they made him. They they made him the dude yep. in the most recent one, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, I played. I played them all.
1: Like played all the games, mm-hmm. and it's just like for me, that's my tie. That's my man. You know what I mean? Like, like so, the new guy, I'm having a harder time just because I've spent so many right. years, you know, with the other. Um, but I know that I'll come around. I'm like, it's a great game, great series. And like the people that do that, they're doing, you know, God's work for lack of better things. Just Absolutely. like, you know, it's just a story. The story for all of those is just
2: fantastic. No, they're really great. I did. Did you play Judgment or Lost Judgment? Yes, 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 yes. So I bought both of those. Do you like both of I, those?
1: No, um, I, I struggled. I struggled, man. Like I I did the first one and I was like, I tried. And when the second one came around again, I was like, I tried again. Cause I really wanted so much to find another series. You know what I mean? Like something by these people that do this. And for me, I just couldn't, uh, it's in there. I can go back to it, but Mm -hmm. I just couldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't get going with it.
2: Yeah. Same here. Um, each, both of them about three hours in, I'm like, ah, and then Maybe it's is it Yagumi? Is that his name? I, I can't remember. I yeah, 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 yeah. It, maybe it's him because he doesn't have that stoic presence like Kiryu, and he doesn't have like the dumb but lovable presence of Ichiban. Yes. Um, I I don't. I don't know what to say. I'm gonna try to play them again, um. But infinite wealth, chef's kiss, man
1: love it buddy I'm, I'm like i'll let you know when i finally finally get to it like i said uh hopefully this summer with the summer sale that usually comes on for you know playstation that 30% off or whatever it is like you know that'd be good man um before we you know like go full outro man cuz again i just wanted to keep this short not take up too much of your time uh is there anything else you want to share or are you ready just to ride this train
2: out buddy anything that i would like to share Hmm. I'll end on this. Can it be Japan related? Yep. Better believe it, buddy. Okay. So I am someone who does not like a lot of Japan YouTube. I think it's not very creative. And I think a lot of the information is regurgitated. If you're someone who has never been to Japan before and you're looking for tips, on how you could make that a reality or where you would find yourself. I would ask that you take a very short period of time, it doesn't have to be a long period of time, take it a personal stock of what you like to do, who you are, what makes your heart sing before you go looking for Japan activities. Isolate those things that you like, that you love, and then find the Japanese counterparts. Um, if that takes you somewhere off the beaten, plat, beaten path, that's wonderful. If it takes you to Tokyo or the other big cities, of overcrowded cities, that's fine too. But there are a lot of people going to Japan who watch this content and they're going on someone else's vacation. Yeah. If you're going to be flying across the planet, for thousands upon thousands of dollars because not only have accommodations increased, accommodations increased in price, flights have increased in price, food has increased in price, all of it's more expensive now. If you're going to be going, go in a truthful manner. Go for yourself and experience your trip. Um, I've been to tourist destinations because I heard they were popular and they didn't connect with me. When I started going to places for me, my trips elevated immensely. So make yourself a priority on your trips. That's my a bit of ending advice.
1: Love it, buddy. I think we found our song of the show too. probably have us go out with uh, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. You know, it's not Japan related, but you know, like, like, yep, 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 yep. No, it's huge, buddy. Find you. Do you. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. You know, be true to yourself. And with that, um, I'm going to ask uh, just for everybody uh, that is listening and made it to this point. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate it. Again, if you want to uh, give any show suggestions uh, for, for a name for this segment, feel free. Uh, but one big ask that I will ask is that uh, our three-year celebrations is coming up. A link to the Google Doc that I made for you to make this as easy and as seamless as possible, where you can either type a story of your time in Japan, a favorite moment of the show, or future plans that you have. Um, I'll have in the notes, you can even drag and drop an audio file, my friends. um, And I would love to hear from you uh, because August is going to be here before we know it. I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do with the show, um, if I'm going to have like you Maurice on and just like other people and just kind of have it just be a just hanging out together uh you know type of moment uh what show format that's going to be but I'd love to include you as well so on behalf of Lost Without Japan and its entire crew I'd like to thank you for joining both of us today we look forward to seeing you on board again for our next regularly scheduled episode as we continue our discussion on Japan travel culture and your lost without moments To everyone out there, oh, ginky day, stay well, my friends.
0: I'm going